Hi everyone, hope you're keeping well and welcome back to the fifth episode of Pick Up The Mic. So we're back this week with myself, Sam and Jeffrey. So do you guys want to say a quick hi to everyone? Hi guys. Hey, welcome back everyone. Awesome. So today's episode is uh, all about BAME representation in STEM and we're lucky enough to be joined today by Reham. So thank you very much for agreeing to join us for today's episode, Reham. Hi, I'm Reham. Um, I'm a first generation university student and I'm currently studying life sciences. So it's nice to be invited to speak on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for agreeing. Yeah, thank you for that introduction, Reham. Um, Now, I know some of our listeners might not necessarily know what life science is or what's included in life sciences. Um, So would you be able to just give like a brief overview of what 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 life sciences is and like why maybe i guess briefly touch on like why you chose to study uh, to study at university that's um a great question actually not a lot of people know what life sciences is um it's a fairly new course i believe it's in its third year now basically in the first year you get to choose to kind of study areas all around life sciences so a little bit of psychology sports science some biomedicine and also statistics as well and environmental sciences. So it is quite like a wide range of subjects that you get to learn about. And then in your second year, you get to pick your focus. So for me, I picked human pathology and immunology alongside introductory um, computer programming. And also there's like compulsory modules like bioinformatics as well. So it's really kind of focused on like epidemiology and just making it a kind of interdisciplinary course and learning how all different areas of life sciences can come together to help understand biology, biomedicine, and you know, what's going on in a kind of a science world now. Um, But yeah, in terms of motivation, In my first year of university, I actually studied psychology and I didn't really take a liking to it. So I changed um, kind of on a whim. I just looked around like what courses there were. I was really interested in biology, but I felt like my kind of knowledge on industry and what career prospects there were was very limited. So I chose life sciences because it was so broad and it would give me the opportunity to explore other careers. So I changed and I really like it and it's an amazing course now and I'm doing something that I enjoy a lot more. Wow, that's wonderful. Thank you for thank you for telling us that story. Well, yeah, thank you for that, Rianne. Um and I think it's really interesting that you said that, you know, in your first year you were doing a you were doing psychology for a bit and then you decided that that wasn't for you and then you went on to to go and do life sciences and I'm really glad that you're enjoying it and I guess sort of linking to what um you know we discussed in our first episode that Sam was leading about like following your passion you ended up doing that with your you know with studying life sciences which is amazing um I guess the question that we want to we want to know is while I know in the last question you briefly touched upon like what motivated you to study life sciences um you know we're, we're like uh, initially said at the start we're doing an episode about like BAME representation in STEM and we I guess we just want to know why why did you t- decide to study a STEM subject so you know you was coming to you know year 13 or the last year of college um, and obviously you know you're doing your applications but what what made you want to do a STEM subject at university initially like going through college 
um, being like a first generation student, it was a lot of focus on what kind of jobs are good for you, what jobs can you do in any country. And that was like the most kind of focus point in my household. So it was just like, you're either a teacher, you're a doctor or you're a lawyer. So in terms of jobs, I literally had like a very like narrow minded view on it. So I thought, okay, do you know what? I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to be a doctor um, because I wanted to help people. Um, So in college, I picked up kind of subjects that were mostly medicine related, you know, the biology, the chemistry, and then psychology was like the third subject. I felt really kind of blessed in a sense to have um, my college teachers. So my biology teacher actually had a PhD in neuroscience. And that was really inspirational for me because she was also black and it wasn't really something I saw as much during secondary school. So it was really inspirational to see somebody who looked like me in that higher position who's gone through education and is actually talking about, you know, her struggles, her journey. And I just thought, you know what, this is really inspiring. I'm going to go and do something like that as well. And alongside that, my chemistry teacher was also a black female as well. And it was just so inspiring to see that representation from that early stage. And I think that's what kind of directed my vision and having those conversations with them, like, do you really want to go into medicine? You know, are you sure this is what you're motivated to do? And just having that conversation really opened up my eyes. And I thought, you know what? I'm really interested in biology, not so much chemistry, (laughs) which I learned. Um, But that's what really motivated me to go into STEM because I thought, you know what, we do need more representation here. It will be helping people out, but just not in the traditional way that has been like spoken about in my household. So it just opened my eyes and I started doing some more research into what careers I could go into instead of just your traditional teacher, doctor, lawyer. Um, But yeah, having, having those teachers was really a motivation for me because I saw people who look like me. Yeah, thank you for that. And um, it's, I think it's really interesting that you raise the idea of like these role models and Sam's going to get into, I don't know if Sam wants to talk about it now or, um, you know, bring it up later, um, but we will be talking about, you know, the idea of role models, especially those from ethnic back, like, you know, people from BAME backgrounds um, to see representation and also see a wide range. I think, like you said, the idea of not just seeing you know, people um, like representation in typical fields, whether it's, you know, um, going into being going into the field of medicine or going into, like you said, like being a lawyer, also seeing like it's got a wider scope. So there's like a wide range of fields that uh, these people can go into. Um, And yeah, I completely understand uh, what you mean about uh, biology and chemistry. Uh, They they weren't my... um, you know, when it came to like picking A-levels, they weren't my favourite A-levels. That's why I just, hands up, I had to say that physics was the one that I, that I loved. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And I think it, what you highlighted was the importance of your teachers, um, like so, that support that they offered you. And the same thing happened to me, you know, the support that was given to me by, um, not what well, was interesting, it wasn't only my, um, my like physics teacher that offered support, but also like, my drama teacher, because I did history, drama, and uh, physics for A-levels. And my drama teacher was really supportive when it came to my uni application. And even though like I didn't apply 
to do the arts or drama at all. Um, she was like really on board and making sure like I did my application on time, had everything sorted, you know, was, was revising and doing well when it came to revision. So yeah, these role models, even, you know, like um, for me, um, my, my drama teacher and my physics teacher both weren't from BAME backgrounds, but you know, even still, um, I guess it's this idea of people who aren't from BAME backgrounds supporting and, you know, giving the same amount of attention as they would for, for other students is, is very important. Um, and yeah, we'll get on to, to that and that a bit later. But yeah, thank you very much for that, Rehan. So thanks, thanks so much for explaining that. And we were actually just talking about this earlier, as Jeffrey said, um, about this idea of role models uh, for the BAME uh, community. Um, and also for, for females as well, as you were saying, it was your, it was your female teachers that also gave you inspiration. Um, and in psychology, because I, you know, you do, you do life science, you do a little bit of psychology. We, we learn um, in psychology that um, a role model that you can relate to in terms of race, ethnicity, um, gender, and many other factors is it actually empowers people and it, it shows that they can do it and they, they relate more to the person so they know it's possible. If you don't see you know, any women in an industry or any one of any different ethnicity in an industry, it's intimidating and it sort of says in some degree, you know, you're not welcome here or if you are, that it's going to be more difficult because there aren't people there. So the fact that there are people there that are successful is such an important thing on people's uh, psychology, um, which maybe you would have um, got into. In fact, um, there was an art article that we brought up earlier um, today, actually, that showed that role models like they actually help improve grades, um, including teachers. Teaching role, role models help improve grades um, of students because it it gives them more engagement with the subject. It makes makes engagement more fun and more accessible. Um, gives inspiration and shows, like I said before, there was like a, a safe environment around the area. So this comes nice into question three, um, which is whether within your studies, if you feel that the BAME community is represented well or not, um, from your experiences and from, you know, any, it could be, it could be schooling, it could be um, university, it could be your lecturers, it could be the faculty or whatever, um, but also the industry. So whatever, whichever way you want to answer that, like how do you feel that BAME, uh, the BAME community is represented? So just to um, comment on your um, piece about role models, I think you couldn't have said it any better. Obviously having like a role model to look up to who you can relate to is like so inspirational. Um, and yeah, that was definitely really helpful. In terms of representation in my studies, I would say as my, like as a cohort, I think we're all pretty representative. Like we come from all walks of life. So, I don't think I've ever had a problem with kind of representativeness um, inside like my classes, like the classrooms, there'd always be people from different cultures. So I was exposed to quite a lot from a young age, which I'm really grateful for. But in terms of teaching and the lecturers, I think that's where it's kind of lacking, but I'm not complaining about it as well, because there have been times where, you know, to meet, some sort of target of representativeness they've had to like bring in like kind of token lecturers and stuff like that and that is really demotivating because when you do have great lecturers 
you're not going to complain because they're doing their best job. And currently, I think I've got some pretty brilliant lecturers um, on my course and I've got no complaints about them. And their background or their ethnicities literally do not matter to me at all. It's just kind of having that representativeness would have been helpful but not just because okay like we've got our token of representativeness it's just find somebody who's equally as good as their job but can also be representative as well which is difficult so in that sense I think it's not something like myself like it's not something to complain about because like I said I am a first generation student so hopefully in a decade or two the industry will be a lot more representative. You'll find lecturers from different backgrounds. You know, I think that's that's the whole point of having this talk to kind of inspire people to take that step because you're not going to see change immediately, but hopefully over time you will see it. Um, in terms of like industries, um, I would say in terms of like representativeness, it, it's just about taking that step as well, kind of moving into that. Thank you so much for explaining. Yeah, I completely get that forcing a situation of representativeness that doesn't actually fit um, with the lecturer. So just getting someone in, like you're saying, to, to, to fit that token doesn't really doesn't really help anyone. So yeah, it's, a, it's a really good point. Um, but as you said, it would it would really help when it does happen, and hopefully it does get there. And hopefully you'll be one of those people that will bring in that representation into the industry. Uh, thanks for that answer, Rihan. It was, yeah, it's really good to hear your side of it because um, I know that when I studied um, a few years ago at Brunel, I also found the same thing that you said. So students, we're all represented, uh, like everyone comes from all different backgrounds or walks of life, exactly like you said. But then in terms of um, lecturers, there weren't as many BAME lecturers like people who represented the BAME community um, as there were, say, uh, white lecturers, let's call it. Um, but obviously, again, the same way that you said, it. I never noticed it, actually. And I I still, I, I never thought about it till I think um, one time Jeffrey, Sam and me were all talking about it. And I was like, actually, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't realise it. And even now in my job, um, in the group that I'm in, the only person from uh, a BAME background is me. So it's just, I, I don't realise it because you don't think about that kind of thing. But it's just, it's really interesting that you mentioned it and, you know, it got me thinking, to be fair. So with that in mind, um, what do you think that industries can do to improve BAME within the STEM community? Thank you, Nanushka. Um I think when it comes to kind of improving BAME representation, it's all about taking that step. Obviously, it's it's our job, like part of this generation to push forward and have that representation. But um, I have had the privilege to secure a placement for this year. And I think going through all the applications, they've had these kind of um, separate screenings that they do for people who are from ethnic minorities or from lower income backgrounds and I think it's just really about giving them the opportunity to present themselves in a way that isn't biased against them 
Um, I don't know exactly what they do through the screening process, but um, there's like a form that you go through to kind of just declare like what your background is and like where you studied and stuff like that. And they obviously have their own process. But um, it kind of gave me a sense of comfort because there are times when I do think, do you know what, if I were applying for this job under like normal circumstances, I don't think I would have get like, I, I don't think I would get it because somebody else who had the same qualifications as me, but was of a different race would probably have that advantage, you know? So knowing that they are trying to make it more diverse is really, has really kind of just pushed me to go ahead and apply for these jobs. Um, so just knowing that they've taken that step to allow people through the gates essentially, so that we can therefore be that representative later on in life. Um, and prevent the kind of token people. So I think that's what the STEM industries are doing so far. I don't know, I can't speak on behalf of like all companies or all industries, but um, that that's that's what I've learned from my experience. Yeah, thank you very much, Rehan, for that answer. That's a, it's really good to hear about, you know, the measures that the STEM industry are taking and putting in place. And it's really, really good to also see how you're benefiting from this firsthand. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a relief, to be honest, because it gives you a sense of comfort to know that you can just be yourself when you're at that interview or applying for it through just through the application. And you don't have to have those thoughts just sitting at the back of your head thinking that you're going up against someone else with the same qualifications as you you're never going to get that job just because of, you know, your background or your ethnicity or something like that. It just, it's, it's just comforting to know that they're putting something in place for, for, you know, the BAME community. And obviously like diversity is the key to success and, you know, it brings about new ideas and experiences from people from all different pathways and walks of life. And it also makes individuals more aware of their colleagues' backgrounds. And also, in addition to that, it brings about loads of different ideas and lots of different perspectives, which then in turn lead to so much like like much better problem solving. And so, like, yeah, ultimately, diversity ends up helping to build good company reputation and basically overall success for the industry. Yeah, no, thank you for that, Nanushka and, and Reham. And I think another thing that, um, you know, I've seen that workplaces have had, uh, especially in re recent years, is this idea of like a BAME network or um, like a BME network, depending on where you work. Um, but yeah, this idea of having uh, an open forum where people from these diverse backgrounds can come and support each other. Uh, so like for example, when I went on my summer placement uh, with the Environment Agency, they've got a BAME network within the organization. And what was really nice is um, I was lucky enough for the one that, uh, so the BAME network itself is like huge. So it's for the whole of the Environment Agency, but they split it up to like the different regions and it can go smaller to like offices and stuff. Um, so I was lucky enough that the person in my team was, like was was on the like panel for it and was on with had a role within the committee um for the BAME network and he he like took me to one of the to their like networking events and it, it wasn't like a big thing it was just like everyone just went to lunch it was just supposed to be like a place where we could all just chat um and yeah it was really nice because 
it was like an open and honest conversation. Um, I got to meet like loads of people who worked at different teams and different lengths of times um, within the rhyming agency. And yeah, I just think having that is really, you know, really important, um, especially when it comes to like other things, you know, like when it comes to like job applications and stuff, or even like support within the, within the organization. Um, you know, sometimes people feel as though they can't, you know, answer certain things and like do certain things because of um because of like who like who's there or like you know because they 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 feel like they don't know the workplace um you know that much um but yeah having these like conversations and having these um like networks are really good for supporting yeah, supporting people from being backgrounds and yeah it gives them a, you know a place where they can ask people who've had experience within the workplace for you know advice on stuff and even can lead to like mentorships and stuff which is really key to for someone to build their professional career so yeah definitely agree with what you guys were saying yeah no that's that's really important i think the thing that i picked up on as well um was when you said that um you you know, if if the environment, even though it was filled with people that weren't from your um, ethnic background, and you you saw that for your for when you were getting your placement, and uh, in the past you said, you know, that might have put you off under different circumstances, but the fact that you know that people and industries are trying to um, refocus onto inclu- like at showing inclusion, being inclusive in in so many different ways, it just shows how important that is, and the lesson there is for companies. Um, and the industry itself to actually put forth, um, even if even if there is no actual representation there at the moment, to to start showing externally that that's the direction that they should be and they want to be going in actually helps bring people in like you because you said before you might have hesitated but now actually it motivates you onwards and that's just I think that's that's such an important lesson for any industries out there even if they're not inclusive. The way to be the way to do it isn't to like you said get that token person but actually to say like we we want to be inclusive please come please um apply here put forth your career aspirations into this direction i think that's just so important one of the the things that i picked up on what you said but yeah thank you so much yeah thank you for for your answers sam and reham and anushka um and yeah i think like what we said is that uh and we've all agreed on is that uh you know we're not saying that other industries that aren't stem aren't doing anything um but with this for with the you know the focus of the episode being main representation in stem it is clear that you know cer- certain industries within the stem field are doing you know active steps to improve game representation um now i think we've touched on this before and anushka touched on it about like this whole idea of diversifying the industry and how this can help the industry overall but um i guess you know to get in to get for our listeners to just get a bit more information uh Reham, wh- wh- how can uh diversifying industries within stem um you know might not necessarily obviously we'd, uh you know it'd be great if it's everything but just you know different industries within the stem field how can diversifying them um and making representation uh, especially BAME representation a key you know a key influencer or a key thing that they do how can this help to improve the industry as a whole i think um nanushka took like touched on this briefly um about having that diversity, you know, making sure that the industry is inclusive is what is key to progression. Um, if there isn't diversity, I think that's what leads 
to discrimination because obviously when you have those outsiders coming in you feel like oh we don't want you here so um diversity is really key for progression and having diversity will eliminate discrimination overall that's how I see it um I think if we kind of like take into consideration this pandemic that we're in which is crazy considering how long it's been going on for um, I don't think anybody thought it'd be this bad but um if you take into consideration kind of making those vaccines, these companies were actually teaming up and not all companies, but companies were teaming up, giving their team support um, and kind of offering whatever they had to other companies so that they could progress and form a vaccine within the time limit that they had. And I think that is what, that's what we need in the world today. We need people to join hands and be open to that diversity, you know, eliminate that need for competition because too much competition just leads to segregation. I think that's what we kind of just need to refocus the conversation on, like what are the pros of diversity? Like, yeah, it's great to be number one all the time, but is it, it gets lonely at the top, you know, like it's all about kind of joining hands together to make the world a better place. And it sounds very kind of utopian, but that's why we've got the vaccines now because these companies were offering their support they were saying do you know what this pandemic is bigger than everybody and we do need to join hands we do need to be diverse and offer our support so what harm would it do to kind of have BAME representation ethnic minorities people who you don't see in companies it wouldn't do any harm it would benefit the company a lot more having those new refreshing ideas people from different backgrounds given their experience and you know sharing that it would just be a lot more beneficial because it will open your eyes to new procedures you know uh, different ways of creating things different ways to kind of target audiences or customers it's all about that inclusivity that diversity um, I can't see anything but positive outcomes coming from diversifying the industry yeah, no, and I think it's it's important uh, to raise what you said, this idea of like what's happened with the vaccine, because that is something that um, people, especially when it comes to like other issues, have raised this whole idea of like a united front to tackle an issue. It's like the way that issues will be tackled the quickest. Um, so like there's been discussions like, over the way that, uh, like you said, like, uh, you know, this time last year, I'm pretty sure people wouldn't have thought that a vaccine for for covid would have come out as you know as quick as it did um especially you know there's there's still a wide a wide variety um but even like people were saying regarding climate change or like why, why isn't that the same approach because obviously you know climate change is something that affects everyone it's going to have a huge impact on lives in the future if nothing is done and yeah i think it's really important that like you said this whole idea of just having a united front and um, you know everyone saying that you know this is this is what we're trying to avoid or this is what we want to stop how can we as a whole like do these things and um you know like you said doing the doing that is going to have a huge impact it's going to bet you know better the field uh, it's going to better society as a whole um and it's going to you know give this give this union of it's not it's not me against you us against them but it's an idea of us tackling this issue um so yeah i think that that's that's really really key that you raised um and yeah i think that's definitely 
definitely a message that we hope our listeners will take take home with them today. Yeah, definitely. And like as a utopianist as well, myself, I really resonated resonated with it when you said that. Um, and I think that yeah, it's like it's not necessarily putting our differences behind us and coming together it's taking our differences with us when we come together and so saying like like you were saying like with different cultures every culture comes with a different mindset a different way of doing things a different speed a different tempo um and just like again like it's not about putting our differences behind and coming together it's about like bringing all these unique skills and like the mosaic of the world like coming to balance itself out and as like jeffrey said like helping with issues like climate change there are so many different things that different mindsets cultures uh people races religions um gender absolutely everything can come together and create what's needed to like help like tackle these world issues that can't be done like like you're saying like if everyone's just trying to be number one then you know that means that someone's got to lose and if someone's losing that means that everyone's not like coming together because someone's just trying to get better than someone else and it doesn't it doesn't help the whole, the, like the holistic system of the world. It only helps, like, again, like a small number of people. Um, so yeah, really important points there. Uh, yeah, and I guess there's one one more thing I want to just add on to um, to what uh, Sam just said, and I think it was really really important as well that you highlighted this. Sam is we're not we're not trying to say this idea of like a united front should be like like you said, like ignore what's happened in the past. Um, and ignore, ignore you know things that have happened in the past. It's saying that you know we understand that this is an issue and we want to move forward. Uh, and I think uh, it's a perfect uh, quote that I've heard. Um, it's been it gets misquoted sometimes, and it's been different people have said different variations. Um, but essentially, the quote says that those who don't know their history or those who can't remember the past or learn from their history are doomed to repeat it. Um, and there's this idea of if you don't look back and see, you know, these are how things have gone wrong. Uh, and I think especially when it comes to things like um, like representation and race and, um, you know, the idea of sexism and racism. If you don't look at your past and see how you've, you know, how there's been issues, you're just doomed to repeat it. And it will just be this like endless cycle of things going around in circles. Um, but, yeah, I think it's definitely like you said, like this idea of not not forgetting your past but like not not letting your past limit you and just saying you know learning from your mistakes even organizations you know um organizations might just um might decide to you know moving forward and i think uh like we touched on it before the things we were saying about these having bane networks create uh you know started by people from bane backgrounds or women's networks is another one as well um having these networks to support these groups um whether it's like a women's network, like I said, BAME network, LGBTQ plus network, um, all these different networks are really good to supporting these individuals because it gives them that open, you know, that open forum and that open space to say, you know, this is how I feel on an issue or this is, you know, somewhere where I know I can be be myself and not have to worry about, you know, um, different things, whether it's microaggressions or, you know, feeling that you can't tell a colleague something because, you know, they've not experienced it. Um, so, yeah, I definitely feel like the idea of having these these networks helps to definitely address these, this, you know, this theme of not repeating past mistakes, but moving forward to a, to a better future. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for that, Sam. 
So for our final question, um, we're wondering what advice you can give to a member of the BAME community, uh, thinking about studying a STEM subject at university as well. I think this um, links back to your previous podcast about kind of pursuing your dreams. Um, make sure you do your research. If you come from a household which is quite like narrow-minded on careers, career prospects, please do your research. Talk to people, you know, have these conversations and see what else is out there. Find kind of like your purpose in life almost. It's really difficult. I think the whole topic of kind of choosing your subjects at A-level and then choosing your subject at university is such a difficult decision to make at such a young age. So take a break, find something that you truly enjoy and put your focus on that. See what careers you can make out of this hobby that you have or this enjoyment that you have. Like it is some, it's a, a very deep conversation that you just really need to have with yourself. You know, you need to get a piece of paper, jot down what it is that you want to be doing for the rest of your life. Um, personally with me, I was like, oh, okay, I want to help people. How do you want to help people? That was like the main question, you know, like, do you want to help people when it comes to psychology? Do you want to help people when it comes to medicine? And I think it was very like vague and just unclear um, because I didn't have those conversations with people. I didn't do my research. I think it was only until I actually took the subject of life sciences when I really started having those conversations with like careers officers, like placement advisors, having those conversations. And that's what really opened the doors for me, opened my mind up and helped me kind of focus on what it is that I wanted to do. So definitely about doing your research, talking to people who have got experience, um, regardless of how much research you've done previously, you know, don't feel ashamed if you know nothing about the STEM industry. Just have the confidence to ask those questions because if you don't, then you'll never know. So that's, that's just what I would say, you know, kind of take some time. Don't rush into it too quickly. I think that's really important advice. So yeah, to, to take your time over the decisions you make um, is really important. And I guess from like a BAME angle as well, um, this just popped into my thought and I was hoping to get your opinion on it, but um, the idea of these sort of these safe industries to go into and that sort of, like you were saying, that sort of um, encouraged by parents uh, and families. And I was thinking the idea that maybe that comes from a place of uncertainty, like obviously you're saying um, you're, you know, you're, you said you were like first generation um, and whether that, or, or second generation and whether that, you know, that sort of initial pressure to, of, of the very, the very first generation that comes here to, um, to find like a job that's really secure, just to get, to get that security that, that might not have been around at the time. Do you think that's like an ongoing effect? Do you think that maybe actually now people can and should think about doing things that like they really want to do personally that aren't, that maybe less conventional choices for their families? you couldn't have said it any better like it's literally just about that security coming from a place of uncertainty and just I think like for my parents it was more so about you know it's all about getting your foot through the door um so that's where those kind of jobs of security came in pursue things that really inspire you I think the world right now 
is moving pretty fast and you just need to take a look at, you know, what is going to be relevant in the next 10 years. Once you've completed university, what is going to be needed? And I think like, obviously like Jeffrey was talking about like global warming, um, that's a huge issue, but just because people aren't really seeing the uh, consequences as much right now, people don't really care about it, but it's just about visualizing the future where will you be needed you know are you going to need people that are doing a specific job later on and I'm not saying to do it like to kind of throw away the relevant the relevancy but um just do something that you feel like you could benefit from not now but 10 years down the line something that you will be happy with something that you'll be content with and kind of just forget about the security, the uncertainty. I mean, I, I studied a course, I'm studying a course right now that's only been going on for three years. It's not exactly like the most certain course, but um, I thought about 10 years down the line, how is this course gonna benefit me? Is it giving me the skills that I'm gonna need later on? How is it gonna set me apart from other people who are applying for these different industry jobs? And I've made the right decision. So stop thinking about the now and start thinking about the future. Think about future you because once you've gotten to that point, you can't go back in time to go and change your decisions. Thank you for explaining that. And that's you're, you're such a perfect example for our listeners here because you're exactly what they need to hear. You're, you're the example of someone coming into a brand new industry, like you said, um, putting, your, putting your foot through that door. Um, so everyone listening, take, take note. It's, it's completely doable. And she's absolutely paving the way in such an amazing way for the future generations. And like Jeffrey as well, who's doing the same thing with his climate change um, role that he wants to go into as well. Like it's, um, again, it's, it's, a, it's a foot through the door in something that might not have been a conventional choice. So thank you so much for being such a great role model. Yeah, so uh, thank you very much, Reham, for all the discussions today. It's been a wonderful time on the podcast with you. And, um, you know, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, as you know, as everyone knows, we have an MC for each episode that we do. And uh, recently we've added them to our website. So if you want to check out our previous MCs, just go to the website. Um, and then you'll see in the menus, there's an MC section, which goes into, you know, a brief overview of, you know, BMCs and why we've picked them. Uh, but if you want to know the full thing, just listen to the episode. But today um, we're going to be talking about a project. Uh, so this project is called Project 17. Um, if you've heard of it, that's amazing. If not, don't worry about it. Um, they're an organization that works to end uh, destitution among migrant children. So they work with uh, families experiencing um, exceptional poverty and they aim to improve uh, their access to local authority support. Uh, now, the reason why we've picked them um, is because they're actually working with this uh, young child in Rwanda. Um, and the link to this uh, will be in, in on the website and um, will be on our Instagram page as well. So if you do want to read the article and watch the video, it's about four minutes long, but I definitely recommend it. It's about a 17-year-old 
uh, called Joyce. And she lives, like I said, she lives in Rwanda and she's set out to discover why certain rural communities in her local area, well, in her country, essentially, um, don't have access to clean water. She's, you know, heard about how it's dangerous and she she knows that, you know, linking to the UN Sustainable Development Goals, um, if people don't know about that, um, they were they're a group of targets that have been set by the UN uh, that all these different countries signed that they want to, they essentially have to meet by 2030, so in nine years' time, um, and they range from like different things. So there's like uh, clean water, there's energy usage, ending like uh, world hunger, different things like that. Um, but Joyce basically heard about you know the the clear damage uh, that um, that non clean water can have, um, and she wanted to uh, you know she wanted to to raise awareness about it. So uh, she's working with Project 17 um, to help, and they're helping to support her. The Open University are also supporting her as well. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just, look, you know, this. Uh, there's a video on there that goes into much more detail about the project and how it's going. And this was filmed obviously before, uh, before, the, before COVID um, and uh, the pandemic happened. And so there was, uh, that might be why, you know, when you're watching it, social distance and there isn't really anyone wearing masks. Um, but, you know, we hope that once things, uh, you know, it seems like things are going back to normal this summer, that maybe we'll be able to get another video from the BBC or from Project 17 or maybe from the Open University that goes into more detail of, you know, the work Joyce has been able to do since um, since the last year. So the video that um, we'll be linking is, is it's about a year old, uh, just over, came out in January. Um, but yeah, it'll be really nice to see, you know, all the work she's done. Uh, and we wish her all the best with this project. Um, and yeah, if you're really interested in learning more about Project 17, please do check out their website. Um, it's just project17.org.uk. Um, and they've got the different projects that they, uh, that they run on there, as well as, you know, volunteering and job opportunities if anyone is interested um but yeah we've now come to the end of the episode so uh we'll we'll do the goodbye so thank you very much for for being on the episode reham it's been a pleasure to have you on here you like i said before you've raised amazing points you've really honed the message of you know there needs to be an increase in bane representation in in stem um and you, i like how you said that you know they are doing, you know, they're going in the right direction. They're giving other fields to, you know, ways that they can follow. Um, and yeah, you've really showed that, you know, having this this increase in representation uh, when it comes to BAME, uh, the top, topic of BAME issues, um, can have a huge impact. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that. For um, inviting me to the podcast and hopefully this conversation can inspire people who aren't so sure about pursuing STEM careers and, you know, get them to think about their future self rather than their present self. Definitely. And yeah, if there is anyone, you know, that's thinking about, um, you know, because we're at that time of year where, uh, especially for college students, even for, you know, and six formers, but also, you know, uni students who might have done a non-STEM subject for their undergrad and they're thinking of doing a STEM subject for their postgrad um, or for their PhD. Um, yeah, you know, check out these, check out these uh, like different university websites, um, check out uh, like UCAS as well. They've, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've, I'm currently in the process of applying for a postgrad. But um, yeah, it's been a long time since 
since I've been on there, but they've updated their website and it's like got a lot of information. It's very like user friendly and helps you to like look at a whole range of different courses. Um, so yeah, that if you are interested in doing a STEM subject, there are loads of resources out there available to you. Um, and we will be uh, in future episodes coming up. We will be talking about you know graduate opportunities and. Um, university applications as a whole for both post-grad and undergrad so keep an eye out for that especially if you're looking to apply for a STEM subject and yeah we thank thank you uh, for listening um, thank you for, for your time and yeah we will speak to you all soon so have a lovely day and uh, all the best from us at Pick Up The Mic